Hello, curiosity seekers. Welcome to Dissecting Medical History. I'm Ange. I'm a travel nurse, medical history enthusiast, and your host. If you're looking for a storytelling formatted podcast with fun and fascinating topics on history and bios, then you are in the right spot. Please note this is not in any way medical advice. If you have anything that's ever discussed in any of the podcast episodes, please seek medical attention. Now, let's get this story started. Hello, and welcome back to Dissecting Medical <laughs> History. You've got to keep that up for the rest I'm of the sorry, episode. I'm sorry, I ruined now. it. I ruined it. You have to Hello. bring mine down a little bit. So That's all breathy. We're going to be talking about another Dr. Death. Dr. Death. <laughs> They're all Dr. Death. Uh, I'm pretty sure Harold Shipman was Dr. Death as well. I think so. I think you're right. I have to do that episode for yeah. Mel because she doesn't know who he Please is. Please don't. He's the most boring man. He basically, he whittled death down to accounting is what he did. He turned it into an <laughs> economic exercise. It's... How? How dare he? There was he no, there was no flair to it. There was no, he didn't have a calling card. It was just. I, it's why I talk about everyone else. Mm. Okay. So. We've been discussing a lot of different reasons that healthcare professionals murder. We've covered the God complex, mm. mercy killing, attention seeking, the hero complex, the psychopath, but there are two others that we have not covered. Incompetence. And one. Well. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we covered we, that one. We in covered. The last yeah. Yes. Incompetence. Mm. I think that's just stupidity. No, <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's both. It's. <laughs> The, we haven't covered the wartime experimenter, like in World War II, oh, yeah. and oh. we haven't covered politically driven doctors, what? and that's what we're going to cover today. Oh. Politically driven? Oh, dear. Politically drif- driven serial killer murderer. Yes. 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 <laughs> so, it's like one of those one of those things where they, they like whisper, and then they like touch weird things oh i hate that i don't like those what either. is that called asmr i've heard about that yeah, yeah. Ooh. some people it really grosses me out sometimes when i'm going on tiktok i'll like there'll be like a live on there and i'm like oh no sc- no, no no scroll faster scroll faster no, like people chewing and stuff Ugh. gross okay so this place this story takes place in kirkuk iraq during a time when the u.s forces were occupying the city around 2003 and the Ansar al-Sunni were not liking it. They did not like the U.S. invading their their country. Uh, liberating, liberating Liberate. their country. <laughs> liberating let's, let's be fair, <laughs> well, with, with, with weapons, with, with, whether they liked it or not, <laughs> you will be liberated. <laughs> this story, um, yeah, I, I don't, I know of the war i know some of the war but i i hopefully i won't get things wording wrong but Mm. so imagine that you are trying to protect your city from insurgents and you are taking gunfire and you become wounded you'd be pretty vulnerable where you went so now imagine coming out of an operation where a bunch of surgeons are like yay we saved his life we've labored over you we can go home only to come back the next day and find out that you were murdered in your sleep. Now, 
that's not only cold-blooded it's just downright unnerving because that means nobody is safe yes mm -hmm. though that was just the first murder um that this guy had done and that was a police lieutenant mm -hmm. <clears throat> so for the first and just fyi i did this story we were supposed to record this story last week but I lost all my notes, so I had to oh, rewrite. this is the one. Yeah, I had to rewrite this whole thing. <laughs> so, anyway, so for the first murder, Dr. Louis Omar Muhammad al Tay. I'm going to, most people just call him Dr. Louis, so that's what I'm going to say. He turned off the lieutenant's oxygen, and then it, he, that's like kind of how he died. He just mm -hmm. turned it off. He was only 26 at the time, and he was working at a very... Were you going to say something? Was this the lieutenant? Was this on which side? The lieutenant... Well, the lieutenant was on the U.S. Like, they were okay. being trained with the U.S. Okay. forces. Oh, so he was an Iraqi mm -hmm. lieutenant yes, he, who was being... Yeah. yeah part yeah, of the new then, army that they were sort of creating to... Right. And the resistance was the al-Sunni. Okay. And, and there was, was yeah and from what i was reading there's a lot of different like um cat not categories but it's like the girl scout scouts where there's like these different troops yeah i don't know that's the only thing i can think of troop like and then they they all um well it was a power vacuum up. wasn't it you know you got rid of saddam hussein and then there's loads of different groups that say well yeah we can we can fill that void and right they're all trying to at this point i guess position themselves and some are going well if we work with the americans uh, that will give us a leg up and others are going well actually if we set ourselves up against the americans we'll get popular support and we'll we'll be able to take over so yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a very difficult political system when you've taken out the guy who was keeping everyone in line right they started working there they needed all hands on deck there's no time to hold suspicions of like you know these murders or whatever he went on he did go to a re very respectable med school that was called Mosul University and he graduated that year 2003 so he was a pretty new doctor by October he had his first murder under his belt but how he got there was is kind of an interesting story so it all started in 2005 when he was a little bit he he's kind of like this guy that seems very easily influenced like he's very easy to manipulate so one day he met this man with a very sick child in the ed and apparently they were limited on supplies so the young doctor pointed that out to to the man because he was very upset and he said well that's what happens in an occupied country is like you have less supplies the man convinced dr lloyd to take action, to not just complain about it, but he said, he said all the right, like motivational things you say to draw someone into a cult. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of what happened. He started going to insurgency meetings and they told him that he could be recruited to do some things that were good for them and that he would be able to, like, they just pumped him up. Like, you know, you'd be such a good asset for us and so the, all the orders that came from the murders came from the insurgency so he oh, so carried they, out they picked who's gonna die and he just had to make it so yes. Ah. yes so it wasn't just on his own although 
we'll talk about later, like he didn't have any regret or remorse or anything. He helped, so he was helping also the wounded insurgents that were escaping. He'd help them escape, he would help the wounded, and yeah, so he was very much politically into the thick of it. He started off by helping the wounded resistant fighters with medical care, and they had a lot of money and a lot of supplies. The higher ranks told him that when they needed his services, they would call him. They would they would contact him. You don't contact us, we'll contact don't you. Call. So we just get a phone call and be like, we need you to turn up to a house. Yeah. And exactly. we may have people. Or a who... cave. <laughs> I'm not kidding, it was a cave. They also promised that they would only hurt Americans. But that wasn't true. Because obviously the lieutenant wasn't, yeah, an, American. wasn't an American. He was an American sympathizer, though. You you yes. always you yeah. start off with clear moral boundaries, and then you slowly slowly start yeah. to erode them. But don't they you? had promised him that they wouldn't hurt; they would only hurt Americans, and then they, all the murders were not none of them were Americans. So anyway, after helping the wounded insurgents, they started to recruit him for the murders. The first call was for the one that came for that lieutenant that got shot, and they said that he needed to finish the job. They weren't able to do it. So then, 10, late, 10 days later, came the next call. This time was for four Iraqi National Guards that were wounded from a roadside bomb. Again, non-Americans. This is when he started to use deadly cocktails to do his murdering. So he started experimenting with different drugs he liked this method best because it was a no, he said, quote, no fuss method. And he started, and, and he stated because of the state of things that no one would even do autopsies. They wouldn't figure out why they had died. He yeah, just, I'm guessing you, you could, in that sort of system, the admin around drug administration isn't going to be 100% tight, you know, right, in terms of getting hold of these drugs. So you, you probably... Yeah, they did, and they just didn't have the funds or the capacity for it either. Mm -hmm. After he was caught, he confessed on video in a very cold manner for at least 19 murders. Ooh. And so 18 of those were like his cocktail, you know, mixture. And then that one where he just turned off the oxygen when he was recovering. Did he come he up with his own proprietary mixture? Like, did he have yes, his own way of doing it? Yeah, it was a, it was not always the same. I think he just kind of whatever he could find, and then oh, he would kind no. of like mix what he knew would do the I, job. I was hoping he had it sort of like really dialed in to the milligram, and he's yeah. giving it his own name. Yeah. <laughs> I call it the Lue Lue. <laughs> oh my gosh! So um, <laughs> he so he. <laughs> Sorry. He said, uh, yeah, because of the <laughs> no fuss, he, he did like that, like the cocktail, but I'm, I'm feeling like maybe that's the direction for his nickname. Should be like some type of cocktail name. The mixologist of death. <laughs> Dr. Mixologist. Okay. He stated that he had, that they had flesh wounds in different parts of their bodies. So he made a mixture sometimes of like Valium, Voltaren, and decadrone and then and would inject them so he loved those three meds the most voltaren is like the cream that's people use for arthritis it's like 
Yeah, like like Lufenac, right? Like just an inset. Yeah, you have to be really careful. Yeah, yeah. an inset. You have to be really careful with that one because it can open up the vessels. Yeah. So in yeah, and so the medical department they didn't have the modern equipment to analyze any of the blood either, so they couldn't oh. even do a blood test to see, you know, why what someone was in died. It? Let alone an autopsy. Yeah, they couldn't even see that he's. Oh yeah, they. Too much Valium or whatever. His experiments were different combinations. Went on and he ended up... He only It was only a six-month murder spree before he got caught. He experimented with whatever he could find on hand. And I'm sure during wartime, a wartime zone, like it's just easy to get drugs. Because mm-hmm. like I said, it was like all hands on deck. And they probably, especially he's in the ED, a lot of times ED is a little more lax. Oh, I'm sure the rules are very different. Very different than, yeah. So he, it was easy for him. And like I said, like he said, he was trusted and liked. So mm-hmm. they they weren't really going to, but it just became a little more suspicious with, with all these murders. So yeah. he said sometimes if the injuries were really serious and they would were bleeding a lot, he used Voltaren to keep the bleeding going. And they would just bleed to death in two hours. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So he had that little trick up his sleeve, too. He was doing such a great job of killing that a high-ranking Sunni called him and said that they wanted, that he was one of three that were elected to do a very, very important job of a suicide bomber. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> You're doing okay, such wait. a great job. You're doing such a great job. Now you got to die. Yeah. He was very disappointed when he got a call back that said, never mind, we need you more as a doctor. <laughs> wow. Scratch that. We just realized that that's, a, that's kind of he's a He's disappointed thing. that he's not allowed to be a suicide bomber. <laughs> I mean... Yes, he was. That, he that way to get said, us back on track, I mean, Joe. Yeah, I, I feel like if he has though? this burning desire to be a suicide bomber, you don't necessarily need permission to do those things. Yeah, but he's in the ranks. Well, what, you are you going to be punished? If you've suicide you. bombed, there's not a lot they can do to punish you from that point. No, you can't. You, <laughs> yeah, what are they going to do? Like, put your body in the You can be punished in the afterlife. Well, no, You're you not going to get all because those women. Yeah, if that's what he's bought into, that idea. I don't think... Not if he breaks, not if he breaks no. ranks. Yeah, but those are... Well, How do you I, know? Those are I guess. Rules. I mean, if, if it's cult <laughs> mentality, then it's whatever you're being told okay. is the rule, and you can change it at any given time if you're in a position, yeah. Right. He was very manipulate, manipulated. Manipulative. Malleable. He had a brain like mush that you could just kind of mold Malleable. into whatever you wanted. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think he would have gone he, outside. Which worries me, really, because rules. I know that we all say that doctors are pretty arrogant people, but you kind of need a little. You need a little yeah. bit of that in He's your doctor. I'd be worried about a doctor who immediately <laughs> caved when somebody suggested something else. Because you want your doctors being, oh, yeah. no, this is the treatment for you. Yeah. If you go, are you sure? And they go, oh, no, actually, no, I'm not sure. Um, what do you think? <laughs> and that's when you're a naval, a naval military doctor that panics. <laughs> uh, yeah, let me tell you guys. Uh... <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> the city was pretty shook by what was going on, and because when they found out there's this doctor in their ranks, like it could be anybody, and he wasn't the only one. He found out that there was other doctors 
that were also in on this murdering thing and he wanted to meet them too Aww. he never ended up meeting them and what ended up happening i know but they like he wasn't the only doctor that was killing for political reasons and and trying to follow along with those orders but in the end what happened was one of the higher ups got caught and gave and just like immediately gave up everybody <laughs> like that's how he got caught so that's how he got caught was was the the higher up kind of just just gave up everything and so it, then he was on video he, like i said he was really cold-blooded he said that the um, he was asked if he thought he betrayed his profession and he said we thought we could do something to liberate our country but later our network went astray but we had to keep working and we had to keep committing those crimes then he was asked did you ever think of giving up and helping the government to arrest those criminals he replies I never considered how terrible, terribly brutal my crimes were, and I never thought I would be so easily captured. I got on so well with everyone at the hospital. They seemed to really like me. And I couldn't find out what happened to him after that. I don't know. I mean, he was caught, but I don't know like what, what became well, of him or if he went on trial. Even, even when he was caught, he was caught based on his own that. confession. Because even if somebody says, yeah, he was killing for us, he could have just said, nope prove it right and he's credited for 43 months. deaths Jeez. and never killed an american <laughs> never never really accomplished what he went out to accomplish yeah so yeah a lot of a lot of different reasons people kill but all right what's a good nickname for this one the mixologist like the, what was the one you came up with Jill? The mixologist Yes, the mixologist. I don't know if death. it needs of right. death. <laughs> no, that's... we don't need the death. Too redundant. Mixologist. We already know. Doctor. Mix... Doctor mixologist. It has to be some play on word though with it. Well, as soon as you said his name, I kept going Louis Louis. I think. Whoa. That just was playing in my head <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> you gotta go now. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go now, Doctor Mix. Morgan. <laughs> it's, it's harder it's harder than it seems oh. Maybe that's why everyone just reverts back to dr death but it's it, i mean to dr death it, yeah. that's got to be one of the a, what's a dr Kevorkian difficult situations because in that pol politics doesn't normally come into it where we work as much you know because it's not as overt yeah. right. as it would be over there in terms of how how much of an impact it's having on a, an evolving situation like it was in Iraq at the time? Yeah, I f I feel. I mean, like how far away do you think the Americans are from having Republican is... only hospitals and Democrat only hospitals? You know, so, so that you can make sure that you're being treated by oh, someone gosh. who's going to make choices following your sort of leanings and dividing it that way. Yeah, that's true. That's. That's an interesting thought. I I can't imagine ever. The only time that I think that I would not help somebody is if I literally, if somebody had killed my mother and I just watched them do it, I'm not helping okay, them. Right, like, right. Yeah. I'm like, that's the only way I would not help somebody. But if I just can't imagine 
Like I've helped prisoners before who yeah. have murdered. Mm -hmm. I've helped pay, you know, like all kinds of different criminals. And I can't imagine never not wanting, not right. having that capacity to want to help them right. or give them, give them the same service I give everybody else. Right. And so that's, um, this kind of different, but the, that, like I said, that the only time I would never, that I would ever not help somebody is if I literally saw them do something so heinous that, yeah, that I probably couldn't help them. I probably, if, mm -hmm. if especially if it was a family or a friend and I saw it and they were about to fall off a cliff, I'm not, I'm not going to push them off the cliff. Right. But I'm not going to help them either. <laughs> more of a direct way that he was killing people. But doctors, you, when you're in that position of authority, you can kill people based purely on your influence. You think about all those doctors who would deny certain um, procedures had uh, valid, you know, were valid. You think about people. Yeah, especially if they don't have insurance. And well, then I'm just like, thinking about yeah, down down well. in your uh, home state, and there were lots of medical medical advisors who <laughs> would have gone ahead with that abortion bill and would have explained things and at some point a doctor's going to have turned around and had to argue that ectopic pregnancies were viable otherwise they would you know would be allowed i don't know if that's in texas there's one of the bills that was saying yeah, yeah even if it's an yeah. ectopic pregnancy even if it's something yeah. that could not live so how many how many people would that right yeah that's true and that the the mother or the the mm. pregnant woman could die if they didn't get it you know right. surgically taken care of and the bureaucracy that they have here takes so long so like when i get denied something i get a letter a month or two later <laughs> and saying oh you've been denied this okay but then the doctor has to write a repeal letter and in the meantime what you're like if it was something like cancer or something like yeah. that you're you're already some things move fast and yeah. you're pretty screwed. So our healthcare system, it, it, sucks. it sucks. It needs a lot of help. Yeah. So anyway, well, that was our <laughs> Dr. Mixologist. Sir Mixalot, <laughs> bless him. And I appreciate you both, Sir Mixalot. <laughs> ah! There you go. Mixalot, 47 times. Well, do you think um, it was, <laughs> I appreciate you both being on this Because he tried line. with the oxygen turning what? off and realized that all the alarms started screaming and that it was actually, you know, like, oh my, yeah, right, I'm oh. gonna get caught if I do this again. He said, I it brought too much attention. To code this guy yeah, because I I think with the drugs, it's like he said, it's a lot more. Yeah, and I mean, if it was somebody who's got multiple gunshot wounds bleeds plus. out, you don't really question it. Like, oh, well, that's something that could definitely happen with that. You know, if, mm -hmm. if it's nicked something and you haven't caught yep. it, it's yeah. just gonna. Yeah, he did mess with a lot of people that already had wounds, like with the Volterran. Mm -hmm. He was like, yeah, it would be expected you wouldn't. How would you know if it was him or if it was just yeah. because of the way the wound was be very, was very going, subtle right? with that. Yeah. Exactly. But they said he, he very, he knew, he knew names and dates. So they didn't, they didn't question that he was incorrect. I don't know, but I just wonder why. I mean, it, it's obvious that he was into that cult because that cult mentality, because he was proud of what he did. Because... It was his word against another oh, guy. Yeah. No, I'm, he's just trying to, you know, he's been caught, but he's trying to. No, he 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 needed to confess because he needs to go to the right heaven with the right women. <laughs> just I'm just kidding. All right. Well, that's that story. So um, we'll catch you in the next episode. I'm. I'll have I'll have Joe back again. Cool.
Hey. At midnight. It's been fun. <laughs> or At whatever. Midnight. It'll or be noon by the time we finished. But... Bye. <laughs>